chapter 1, verses 5 through 20. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. Hear these words of scripture. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of God's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day of this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Wade In, a poetry prayer by Reverend Sarah Speed. Over time, wind and water will sand down the edges of a stone. For humans, our wind and water is the grief of the world. Stay here long enough and pieces of you will be pressed upon by life's never-ending stream. It's enough to make you weary. It's enough to make you question. It's enough to make you quiet. And yet the stream continues. So do not be afraid to stand in that water. Wade in. Soak the hem of your jeans. Drip wet footprints through every room in your house. Let the water stains tell your story. And when your body grows weary of swimming, name the stream. Acknowledge your weariness, for eventually, you will pick flowers from the opposite bank. And over and over again, we'll tell this story 
and over and over again, a weary world will rejoice. Let's pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you. You who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today we begin a new series, our Advent series that is entitled, How Does a Weary World Rejoice? So we have just celebrated Thanksgiving, which means that we have officially been hurled into the secular Christmas season. Suddenly we are surrounded by images of sparkling lights and warm drinks and cozy fires and happy family and friends gathered together around full tables or in front of beautifully decorated Christmas trees. And Christmas songs blast on the radio telling us that it's the most wonderful time of the year and that we should be jolly and that our days are to be all merry and bright. Now don't get me wrong, I love all of it. I, I've already decorated my house for Christmas. I put up the lights, I made hot chocolate, I turned on the cheesy Christmas movies, and I take comfort in many of the rituals surrounding this time of year. And yet, our days are not just filled with all that is merry and bright. There are real wars being fought all around the world. Nasty political rhetoric being spewed from every which way. There's stupid cancer and mental health crises, gun violence and mass shootings that are constantly in the headlines, individuals and entire groups of people who are suffering from trauma that's been caused by racism and sexism and homophobia, and the list goes on. And so in the midst of the joy of Christmas, we must acknowledge that we are weary. Weariness is simply, it means the extreme tiredness or fatigue. We are weary from the brokenness of this world. It's seen on this societal level with all of the things that I named and more. And it's also felt on the personal level and the grief that we each feel so very acutely. Grief isn't just felt by the person who lost their spouse this year. It's also felt by the one whose spouse died two or three or five years ago. It's not just for the person whose child, whatever their age, has passed away. It's also felt by the person whose child is estranged from them. Grief isn't felt just by the adult child whose parent has passed away, but it's felt by the adult child who has had to distance themselves from a family member or maybe their entire family because the connection is painful. It's toxic and sometimes abusive. 
when it can be awkward in these times, this time of year when people ask about holiday plans. Grief is for the person whose pet died, and they feel uncomfortable about making a big deal about it. But in truth, they have lost their companion, their entertainment, their exercise partner, and their source of unconditional love. Grief is for the the one who has been nurtured in faith through the work of a denomination who now grieves at the sight of that denomination being splintered or struggling. It's for the person who grieves the loss of a faith that once had all of the answers for them, but it couldn't withstand the questions of life. They want to believe but they're unsure what to believe, and so they grieve. Their journey often means the loss of a faith community that was once the center of their lives. Grief is for the person who's worked at the same company for decades, and over the years, changes in leadership have meant changes in culture, and they're no longer proud of the work that they do or the company that they work for. We each carry our own grief. So what grief are you carrying with you today? It's important to acknowledge our grief, to acknowledge our weariness and the the feelings of hopelessness, even in this time of year, to name them and to honor them. Otherwise, they can overwhelm us and even paralyze us. And that's what we see in the scripture that Linda read for us today. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, they'd battled infertility their entire lives. And at that time, it was very important, it was imperative that you continue your bloodline. It was one of your main purposes in life. Not doing so threatened your identity and your lineage and your status in society. So we can imagine that Zachariah and Elizabeth felt the weight of their hopes and their dreams that were left unattained, as well as the fear of uncertainty for the future. Because as they grew older, who was going to care for them? And so then the angel comes to Zachariah with the news that he is going to have this son. And so the angel Gabriel says, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. And he tells him his son will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he gives him all of these details. His son, that he was to name John, would bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And Zechariah, instead of being filled with all of this joy and this excitement as hearing that he was going to be a father, he is overcome with disbelief and confusion. And he, he says to, to the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well on in years. As if to say, do you expect me to really believe this? After all these years, now that I am I'm old and, and my wife is old, now we're going to have a child? Zechariah, in that moment, he wants 
this certainty, or at the very least, he wants clarification. How do I know that this angel is telling me the truth? Why now? Because Zechariah had been given, gave in to his weariness and his hopelessness. He'd been living in it for so long, he just accepted it as reality, making him unable to see the goodness, the blessing that was right in front of his face. And that's what weariness can do to us. It can harden us and prevent us from living fully. We release ourselves so completely into that grip of, of grief and weariness and, and hopelessness that we forget the truth in the midst of it all. That there are glimmers of hope. The smile of a friend. The shining sun after days of rainy gloom. Oh my God, what was it? it was a couple days ago. I yelled up to my brother and I was like, Keegan, I found the sun because I didn't think we had it in Northeast Ohio anymore, right? That hope of someone remembering your name that you just met that one time or remembering that little detail about you, showing that they care. Or the bud on my lemon tree that I really thought was a goner. Or your favorite song on the radio. Or a bright red cardinal in the midst of all of the gloom. Or all of the snow that maybe we're going to have. When we acknowledge our weariness, it can allow us to recognize where hope and where God may also be present along with the weariness and the grief. It doesn't reduce the grief necessarily, but it's this both and, this both and of faith. Even in the midst of the weariness over our absolutely broken world, believing with everything that we can muster, that God's promises do hold true. That hope is to come. That's what the whole season of Christmas is about. Our Advent wreath lighting liturgy that Shelley and Taylor read for us reminds us how does a weary world hope? By telling those stories of hope. By lighting candles in the night and planting seeds in the winter that will bloom in the spring. By praying for children as they grow and picking up trash on the sidewalk. By insisting that small acts can make a difference. Yes, our world, it's broken and it's hurting. We are broken and hurting. We're weary and grieving. And Christ is coming. In fact, Christ is breaking into the world right now through each and every one of us. As I close today, Michaela and Sean are going to play um, a familiar tune with new words, 
And so I would like you, um, you can join in them and listen to these words and imagine and think about a weary world rejoicing in them. Let us pray. Beloved God, we are tired. We are grieving. 
we are struggling because it has been a whirlwind of the last few years. And yet, we know that you are with us. That you are working in us and through us to heal your broken world. Oh God, may we see and may we know Christ when he comes. May we see Christ in each and every person that we meet and see those little glimmer of hope, those little moments of peace and joy in our life, even while we grieve and process and work through all of the difficult things. With your help, may we bring hope into a weary world. Amen. And I'd like to invite the choir to come up as we prepare for a time of prayer with one another.
Thank you, choir, and thank you, Becky, for accompanying them. We have a few prayers that have come in. Shelly asked for prayers for Michael, who is still um, doing chemotherapy for his cancer, and also prayers for Barbara, who had stints put into her arteries. And Kathy asked for prayers for her neighbor, Jack, who is in ICU. And Alan asked for prayers for the peace of Jesus to be everywhere in the world. And Penny asked for prayers for health, for Judy, and for Bev, and for traveling mercies as folks head home this weekend. And yes, prayers for Judy, who is in the hospital um, being treated for an infection. So with that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Gracious God, you are the one who carries us through our days. You know every word on our tongue, every hair on our head. You know the dreams in our hearts and the weight of our bones. You also know the weariness we bring with us into this morning and into this space. So with honesty, we come before you, O oh God, both with hearts full of gratitude and with our prayer requests on our lips. First, O oh God, we thank you for the gifts of this life, those things that give us energy. For birthday candles and sunrises, for handwritten cards and jobs that we are passionate about. For stories that can make us laugh until we cry, and for friends that feel like family. For all these gifts, O oh God, we thank you. And in addition to these prayers of gratitude, we also bring you the things that weigh heavy on our hearts. For gun violence, for family and friends and chemotherapy, for seasons of transition and grief that just won't let us go. We ask for your attention. We ask for your love and your care. Oh God, may you take this yoke from us, relieve some of the burden from our backs and wrap your arms around the places where we feel most tender. And as we enter into this new season of Advent, a season that is marked with joy and hope and light, we ask that you would remind us that our full humanity is welcome here. There's room for both joy and grief, for weariness and awe, for faith and doubt. For nothing is too big or too far gone for your love to reach it. So with hope in our hearts, we unite our voices once more and pray the words your son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
the last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end now, but it goes with us after worship is over into the world. And so there's a few ways that you can do this through BUMC. And the first is this Wednesday, we will have our dynamite prayer potluck. So we have just finished the dynamite prayer series, praying the prayer each day. And so we would like to gather together and to hear where has God been speaking to you? How has God been leading you? In, particularly in this church and as we look into the future. And so you're invited to come at 5.30 on Wednesday evening and you can just come here to the parlor and we are going to gather and we're going to have a potluck and you can bring your food and we can bring your prayers and we'll share them all together. And then at 7 o'clock we will have our final church council meeting and so you're invited to stay and we'd love everyone is welcome to church council and we are going to pray and give thanks for the leaders who have our concluding ministry as well as prayers for our new leadership board that begins in January and then next next weekend we have a big weekend on Sunday community chorus will have their Christmas concert here at four o'clock and then also the youth Christmas party will be at five o'clock down in Fellowship Hall. So it's going to be a lot of Christmas excitement and joy around here and everybody is welcome to participate. And then we'll have our Advent dinner church on Wednesday the 6th at seven o'clock in Fellowship Hall. The staff will provide soup and bread and we will gather together and have dinner around the tables as we um, fellowship together. And then we have our UWF will have their Christmas tea on the 7th at noon. And so you're welcome to bring a potluck dish to share for that. And we will um, celebrate uh, the Christmas season and we'll also induct the new leaders of our UWF. And all of this and so much more is in our new winter program guide. And so you can get that at bumclinks.com or you can also get it in the back here and it tells all of the most of, I should say, the information about the activities that are going on here this winter. I say most because we add stuff when we get excited about things. So there, we're always adding new things, but that's a great way to get connected and check out bumclinks.com. So with that, let us receive our benediction so we can go and do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
for joining us for service, and I hope you all have a wonderful week.